Hello, everyone, and at long last, welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. It is Saturday, November 7th, 2020. Nothing significant has happened Nothing since we last recorded. has happened in the last week or since we've last recorded or anything. Nothing at all. Can't think of anything. It's just pretty much a, a normal year. Yeah. Normal summer. Yeah. Going about our lives. Yeah. And it just happens to be November 7th. And, yeah. And today is the day and the moment that we decided that it was time to record another podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, let's just roll with it. Yeah. A lot of uncertainty. <laughs> we will, um, we will preface this by saying that everything that comes out on this podcast may be proven completely wrong right tomorrow the day after a week after but we're gonna roll with it yeah because here we are here we are it's a new day we've gotten actually quite a bit of angst i'll say on twitter being like where the fuck are you guys yeah in this moment in american history we need the full 40 to step in and tell us something and the truth be told is like you we were trying to figure out what the fuck is happening and we still don't know but we've heard the calls, and we're here to serve. <laughs> we are answering America's calls right now. That's correct. This we're is here. what the country needs. That's right. They need to know who is the podcasters for the one of the best teams in America this year. One of? I think you mean full stop. The best team. Is that in true? America. Is it oh, true? it's true. And we're going to get into it. It's very true. We got a lot to get into. This we, is, there's a lot to cover. We've been off for a while. It feels good to be back. And I will say, we hit a lot of heavy topics earlier a few months back, as we should have. We'll probably return to those at some point. This one's going to be a little bit lighter? We need a little bit lighter, but we can't start with the light. Yeah. Because we got to talk about the situation at hand. Yeah. So Rob mentioned uncertainty. Let's just go, go right into it. Number one, the obvious cause of uncertainty is the coronavirus. We had yeah. a podcast. We talked with Daniel Oshefu on the podcast about COVID, what feels like 25 years ago. It was but only it, seven months ago. It was, it was not, no, it was eight months. Eight months, okay. <laughs> But it was, yeah. but yeah, but we did, we talked about it. We knew it was crazy. We knew it was something that needed to be made aware of. We knew it was all of that. And here we are, still to this day, we're increasing cases, it's going crazy, and it's causing problems with the schedule. Yeah. And I gotta talk about this for a second. This is an absolutely unmitigated clusterfuck of a situation that should have never happened. Now, if you look around, if you look at Europe, you look at other places in Asia, you look around the world, it's just not something that you can quote unquote control. So like for all the conversations around like, oh, we got to control it, whatever. It's not necessarily something that you're going to fully stop control, but through our special way of our, of, of, totally in adherence to any sort of community guidelines or anything and through clearly awful fucking leadership at several levels some of which got taken care of this past week we are now here on the precipice of a season that 
may not happen or may not finish. Yep. And that, for every college basketball fan, and especially for every Villanova basketball fan, is a fucking disgrace. Yep. Period. I want to be happy. I want to be joyous. I want to get past all of the fucking darkness that is that has been throughout this world in the last better part of the year and care about Villanova basketball and watch our guys compete to win a championship because that's what they are ready to do. And the fact that we may not even have it and we don't know on November 7th when our first game would have been, I think, this past Friday or next Friday or whatever originally. I, I forget exactly. Oh, yeah, way, way back. Yeah, way back. Way back yeah, yeah. Right? Is a joke. But with that said, here's where we are at the moment. The season overall for the country is supposed to start in and around November 25th. That is supposed to start with some... Quote unquote turkey tournaments, bubble tournaments, whatever. And then there's a handful of out of conference games to be played in the Thanksgiving through Christmas time frame. There's a lot to be excited about on our schedule at the moment. There's a great tournament with a with great teams. Yep. We have Texas on the schedule. Yep. Theoretically on the schedule. So so yeah. let's run through the let's yeah. run through the schedule real quick. So we've got right now officially announced which is it's just wild that we're here like you you alluded to the fact that our announced schedule runs through december 23rd and we are in basically almost the middle of november at this point we only know more or less a month from now and that schedule includes the 2k empire classic arizona state baylor boston college it includes most of the big most of the big five it includes George, a couple of Big East games, Georgetown, Butler, Marquette, and it includes Virginia at MSG. So awesome, amazing! It, any other year, I would say that's a great out of conference schedule. It might I be am, the best non conference schedule that I've ever seen Villanova put together in my fandom, which stretches fifteen years. And I'd be pretty jazzed about that. Like, and even if, even if we we said, hey, look. The rest of the season is going to kind of play out in some sort of normalcy, getting the Big East started early. I love it. I'm pumped about it. Let's get Georgetown going. Georgetown sucks, by the way, too. Like, let's get Georgetown going. Let's get Marquette going. Butler, some great games to start the year. And Virginia, pfft, that's an amazing game. You always want to match up against tournament, especially at MSG. Yeah. But unfortunately, one, we don't know that any of the games— any of those games are actually going to happen. Right. And two, we don't know what's going to happen after that. Right. Because the Big East has already announced that they're potentially looking into a bubble situation. Right, right. Which, I mean, you kind of have to, given where the COVID cases are going. And literally just yesterday, UConn announced that somebody on their team has COVID, and they're more or less putting the brakes on for the next two weeks. Right. And by the way... This isn't this isn't pro sports, okay? To a degree, look, I, I'm in the camp of I'm in the camp of we should allow players to profit off their name of likeness and, and all that. But this still isn't even to the extent of if they're paid. This still isn't professional sports because that's what they do for their living, yep. and there is a schedule 
And as we've seen this summer, and as we've seen with the NFL this year, and as we've seen with the NBA and MLB and NHL, there's flexibility because this is their, this is these guys' livelihoods. This is what they do. With college, there's so much more at stake. Yep. There's there's what the athletics department might want them to do. There's with there's what the universities want them to do. There's the conferences. You have state law rules and regulations. Like there's so much of a cluster that like any one of these things can trip a wire and then all of a sudden you get a game canceled or postponed. That game never gets rescheduled. Yeah. It just comes off the schedule. It doesn't happen. It's not like the NFL where it's like, oh, we'll play on Tuesday. Yeah. Or we'll play or we'll we'll set the game for a bye week in a few weeks. And we literally control every aspect of that so we can do that easily. Correct. I think you brought up a great point of like, yes, there are multiple jurisdictions that just make this a scheduling impossibility. So so we get COVID. Yeah. Let's just say, for argument's sake, one of our players gets coronavirus. Yep. We're done. Whole whole team is shut down for two weeks. Yeah. I mean, what happens? What's, what's our tournament resume look like that at that point? <laughs> yeah. They were looking good until they got COVID and had to forfeit the next three games. Yeah. Like, I don't... How, how does the committee think about that? Right. Who knows? Right. Of course. And so, and so basically, you're in this situation where... Okay, we have a good schedule. It, it seems nice. I'm excited about that. And yet I'm sitting here and I'm just like, what do I even make of it? Yeah. What if one of those teams gets a coronavirus case early on? And it's like it's, like it's over. And now, now, mind you, I was skeptical about Villanova's whole university return. Yeah. Villanova's done an amazing job. There is... There is just it's unimpeachable. It's like they've done literally an incredible job. Yeah, can can we can we pause right here for a yeah. moment? So I want to give a, a big shout out to one the university for actually having a huge amount of balls to say we're going to give this a shot. Yeah, mind Two. you, mind you, I'm going to pause on that moment. Yeah, yeah. Financially, they, they had to, need they had to, to. that to. That's yeah. fine. But like, look, same. We're going to give this a shot. Two, we're going to lay out some some strict guidelines for it. But I think my biggest shout out, to be honest, is really to the students who somehow made this work. Like I've talked to a number of students who are currently there, who are dealing with it, which is a totally different situation than what you and I obviously went through as like a normal college situation. And there were some moments back in i don't know call it like early october ish august september early yeah 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 yeah. and then there's there's a little bit of a spike where things looked a little bit dire but like the university got their shit together and the students more importantly got their shit together to say hey like we're doubling down on this we're good we're gonna make this work and they made it work yeah and by the way the the semester the on-campus point of the semester ends before thanksgiving so at this point not to say that they should yeah at this point if they just let it run wild, they'll still finish. They'd still be okay. Yeah, yeah they'll totally. get it done. Now totally. they shouldn't do that. Yeah, but but they'll get it done. At yeah. Point. Okay. So so yeah. So sorry. I, we we were talking about that. So we we Villanova did a great job, but uh, a whole fuckload of places across the country are very much not doing a good job. Absolutely. So basically, what you're getting into a situation is is now you have people who are going to they're going to cancel games and whatever. And again. In the college football, which we've kind of gotten used to, both NFL and college football, over the last couple of the last couple months, someone gets COVID 
Max miss two games, usually miss one, because they work the, they work it through the system in like you know ten to fourteen days or whatever the, yeah. the number is. So and, like, and I think the difference is though we've seen it in football where you've got eleven guys on offense and defense, so right. eleven separate guys for the most part. You've got probably a hundred people more or less on the team. Right. So like, eh, your lineman goes out, no big deal. Your linebacker goes out, we'll sub somebody else in. It's very different in basketball. Right. You've got. 13 guys, realistically, you're playing nine of them. And max for Jay. Max. Yeah, <laughs> ma- max nine for Jay. So one of them goes down, you're like, well, shit. We just tapped into somebody that we didn't necessarily expect to play this year. Right. Very different situation. So now now a big next man up mentality. Yep. And mind you, again, this is one of those things. Like In the middle of the bubble in the NBA, if Anthony Davis gets COVID and has to be sidelined for two weeks, the Lakers aren't winning the championship. Yeah. So like so like this is a sport where you cannot win without your best players. Yeah. One injury derails entire seasons all the time in college basketball. One of the reason one of the things that I look remember like very vividly was from like 2010 or something like that when Purdue had Robbie Hummel. Oh my and, gosh. Yes. And I was he tore his ACL or something yeah. like that. Yep. Late in the season. They were going to be a one seed. They were like favored for a championship run, etc. Towards ACL, I think they got like a three or a four seed out of yeah. it. Lost in like the first or second sure. round, and that was it. Season's over. Disappointing finish. So like you lose a player of that caliber and relevance, yeah, for two weeks, and your season's over. Yeah, it's funny we we're talking about this, right? I remember us having this discussion, you know, our kind of preseason discussion last year, and our theme last year was. Check your expectations at the door. Yeah. The theme this year could very much be check your expectations at the door because we don't have a fucking clue yeah. what is going to happen. No. I would love to sit here and say, we know what's going to happen because we have an insider's view. Your guess is as good as fucking mine. Yeah. Anybody sitting here listening to this, you've got as good of an idea as we do. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's literally no way to predict what is going to happen. I mean, and, and candidly, if you're going to make a prediction, don't look good. It doesn't look... We, we want to talk about record turnouts. We had a record turnout of coronavirus cases. The COVID week. is showing up. COVID showed up. <laughs> That's right, baby. Yeah, they showed COVID's up. Like, COVID's like Thanksgiving, sign me up, election week, let's go. Yeah. There we are. COVID showed the fuck up. And 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 it doesn't look like it's getting better. It, it really doesn't. COVID is packing the house around the country. Yeah. So given where we sit right now, it, it's funny, right? A month ago, I was like, oh, I'm feeling good about this. We've got a schedule outlined. Big East is going to figure this out. We're going to have an NCAA tournament. We sit here right now. I don't know about any of that. Right. I do think there's going to be an NCAA tournament in some form or another. I think there has to be. There has to be. It's easy enough to manage. Yeah. If they Even if they limit it to like 32 teams or something, yeah. I fully believe that will happen. And, and to boot. I think looking back on all the chaos and like obviously this is huge Monday morning quarterbacking. They could have had an NCAA tournament this past year. I'm not saying they should have done it in March. And I understand that there are different things. We just talked about scheduling challenges sure. and whatever. I think you could have pulled together a group of the willing to put forth a 32 team, a 16 team NCAA tournament and crown national champion. This past year, May, May Madness. Sure. I don't think we need to relitigate really that. No, no, no. I, I agree. Fair, I think fair. they could have, but like, my, you know, my no, nobody, is, nobody had that foresight. My point in saying it 
is that, yeah, they're going to get one done this year. Yeah. Is it going to be 64 what? teams? Is it going to be 32? Uh, maybe no, 96. No. Maybe it's 96. I don't know. Maybe you go bigger because what all the other sports have done so far is when they have a regular season shortened, they expand their postseason to allow more teams in because the, the regular season was incapable of sorting out. That's the mm, reason given. Mm. Is it, the regular season was unable to sort out yeah. what would normally be sorted out by the time a full regular season took yeah. place. So, in theory, you bring a you could you could have a larger tournament, but in order to do that, you're gonna have to have a bubble in which you have a two week period. Everyone travels and everyone stays put. Yeah. For at least a week. Yeah. And you test and you test and you test. And then and you have to lock that down and you yeah. have to have a bubble. And then and then you go through and play the games after that, but it's going to have to move quickly. This may not be a three-week enterprise that March Madness has we become accustomed to. Yeah. This might have to be a announce the teams. Everyone flies to the sites. Yeah, and you have you have maybe four bubbles or something like that, and it works its way down. Yeah, I was going to say I think you could do a situation not dissimilar to what the MLB did where you kind of had or the NHL where you have a couple different bubbles and then yeah you work down to okay bubble of eight you know four different eight teams or whatever it is and then yeah yeah, you work down to quickly to a final four and that's in Disney or wherever it may be that doesn't seem unreasonable and actually given the amount of people associated with the basketball teams they're much smaller teams than say football so like smaller teams basketball courts are easier to come by absolutely um, facilities, etc. So, if you can find a complex of with a lot near it, you could theoretically do it all in a similar area of the country. Yep. Between Indianapolis, Ohio, somewhere in the Midwest, probably Absolutely. is probably the best spot. I'm thinking like yeah. Disney World worked great for the NBA. I don't think that, that they're going to run with that for like an NCAA tournament thing. Yeah. Vegas again. I don't think that's going to run for an NCAA tournament thing. Oh, oh Vegas with college kids oh, it's not going to work well. <laughs> yeah, but like Indianapolis is where the Final Four is supposed to be, I believe, this year. I think that's right. Question yeah. mark. Um, and between Indy, you have Indiana, you have you have um, Hinkle, you have whatever you you can and you can spread out. You can go to Ohio, you can go to Illinois, you have Chicago there, you have Detroit nearby. Yeah, like you have a lot of hub in that area of the country that you can do it. Another option is the New York area, although I'm not sure you want to go that route. So, um, so you could have a multiple site bubble. Yeah. Play all these games to to weed it down to yeah. a certain level, and then you take all the bubble and put it in a condensed bubble for maybe an Elite Eight, Final Four, whatever. Like you may have to do it in like non. That's my point. In a non-linear three weekend fashion, yeah. like you make the second weekend. No, no, no. Like you may have to play. Your first round, second round, Sweet Sixteen games in one area. Yeah. Wait a week and then play your Elite Eight, Final Four, National Championship games in another site. Sure. Like it may not work. Yeah, you like, you've got to be flexible. Everything's in the air. Yeah. But there will be one. I, I the one thing that I will put all my chips in the middle of the table on is that there will be an NCAA National Championship. I a hundred percent this agree. year. I have. I I don't know what each conference is going to do. Yeah. I think that's going to be. A huge variation conference by conference yeah but I am totally with you I would put a lot of good money on the fact that there will be an NCAA tournament in one form or another yeah now I think that's actually an interesting segue into okay so then 
who does that favor given such a weird situation that we have? And I think the headline for me is it fucking favors Villanova basketball. Yeah, it does. And I'll tell you why. Go ahead. It tells you it tells it, it favors Villanova basketball because what you're going to run into is the following situation. You're going to run into one, the fact that teams haven't had a chance to practice on a regular basis at nearly the level that they would have previously, especially if you've got freshmen coming in and acclimating to the speed of the game. Two, you won't have the length of the season. I'm hypothesizing that you'll definitely have a, a fewer number of games that get played over the regular season. So you won't have this chance for a team full of freshman superstars to really work into a rhythm and develop that chemistry throughout the year that you normally would. And three, you're going to run into a situation where regardless of what the tournament setup is, there's no chance it's going to be played in front of fans. And Villanova basketball is set up to play in front of quiet arenas and lack of fans. Hard to disagree with that comment. It really is. It really is. It really is. And we've been doing it for years. We've been doing it for years, yeah. yeah we are practiced. We, we, are, we are quite good at playing in front of silent crowds. But, but in all seriousness, like Villanova is basically bringing back the same team minus Sadiq Bey. Oh, obviously, that's a big miss, right? Yeah. Like the fact that he's gone, like huge miss. And we can talk about Sadiq Bey a little bit later. The fact that he's been sitting on the sidelines for like seven plus months, kind of twiddling and sounds super weird, but we'll get to that in a minute. The fact that they're bringing back their whole team, these guys know how to play together. They don't necessarily need that kind of ramp up time. Like it really looks good for Villanova even in a totally normal se- yeah. season. And also four preseason finalists or whatever. Oh my for, God. For major awards. I didn't know. We could I've, win the whole team. could win an award. Basically. That was, I've, I don't know that that's ever happened before. Someone could, I'm sure could fact check. Uh, it may be Kentucky or Duke or something like Maybe that. Maybe so. But you've got Colin, preseason Kusi. Yep. You've got uh, Justin Moore, preseason Jerry West. Yep. You've got Jermaine, preseason uh, Julius Irving. Yep. And you've got J-Rob, preseason Carl Malone, which, by the way, they should pick a different player because Carl Malone just certainly does does not age well in the in 2020. But anyway, <laughs> point being, we have four players who are in serious consideration for the top player at their position. Even in 2018, I think we had preseason um, yeah, Jalen and Mikhail. And Mikhail, and I think yeah. that was it. And that was it. Which like, And obviously, they, they each ended up winning them. Yeah. And we may not have... Each person win it this year, but the fact that we have that balance is frightening. Oh, it's ridiculous. Absolutely frightening. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's something that is we should all be looking forward to. And again, it goes back to the point of like the uncertainty should piss off Villanova fans. Yeah. And it's not by the way, if they can't get it done, it's not for a lack of effort. I mean, I've heard interviews with Kevin Willard, Seton Hall coach, who as we all know, I have a soft spot for. You do. And he Big told, Seton Hall guy right here. And he told... <laughs> you actually run a podcast on the side called Seton Hall Basketball with Chris Pilate. That's right. Um, and he and he told Jeff he told Whitman, He told you personally. And me yeah, personally, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let me clarify. He told you, me personally. Your weekly chat. He said, it, but uh, literally to a member of the media recorded, said, this is a shit show. Yeah. Scheduling is a shit show. Those words, exactly. I am not misquoted. Not paraphrasing precisely what he said. Yeah. But but yes, it should favor Villanova. We have an incredibly good, experienced, talented team. 
I believe that we have one of, if not, and this is obvious by the by the preseason finalist um, declaration, one of, if not the best point guards in the country in Colin Gillespie. Can, which, can, which can we, can we, we stop, stop right there? Mo- just stop. Take a just moment stop. on that. Just stop. Yeah, we can take a moment on that. Yeah. Colin Gillespie has exceeded every expectation that anyone could possibly have every single year that he's come on campus. When he got recruited, everyone was like, oh, this is like a bench warmer. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a nice a, like, little Philly guy. Like, yeah, 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 like a yeah, Philly yeah, guy. Yeah, like, yeah, Jay had to make him yeah, an yeah. offer. It was the right thing to do. Right, right, he was right. nearby. He didn't have a team. Yeah, like, we're a little short on point guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could use a – so they say he can shoot. So maybe yeah. he you know, gets a couple minutes of garbage minutes or whatever. Yeah. Ends up being a decent contributor on a national championship uh, team. Give me three, youngin. Give me three, youngin. Yep. Barry's a nice three. Mm. Boom. Okay. His sophomore year, everyone's like, okay, well, now that Jalen's gone, I mean, we got Jake, uh, we got Javon Quinterly at that time, <laughs> who still hasn't really played much college basketball, Ooh. which I feel bad. I honestly kind of actually feel bad for him. Um, but but we have Javon Quinterly. Javon Quinterly is going to assume this Jalen Brunson-esque role. He's going to take over the team. He's going to be awesome. He's a five-star guard. Yeah. Everyone's super excited, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't work out for him yeah. for a variety of reasons. Uh, uh- Primary reason number one, because Colin just jocked all over his bitch ass. Yeah, exactly right. Colin wins the starting point guard role. Yeah, now you have Phil yeah, Booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, Booth. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like oh, like JQ, like oh, like didn't like live up to the billing. No, Colin was beat. just better. He got beat. Full he stop. got beat. Yeah. And you also had Booth. So, like, yeah. So, like, I don't yeah. Let's not discount Phil Booth. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You also have Phil mm. Booth, but like basically, Colin steps up, wins that role. Yeah. Right. And everyone, there was moments whenever you had 30 in a Georgetown game and whatever. Yep, yep. He, was, he was awesome. Um, but inconsistent, but like, but still, it was, but it was no it was, one. It was still like, oh, like this was, that was Phil and Eric's year, yeah, right? And yeah. Colin was a, he was, a, he was a great contributor. He was a piece. Yeah. But if you would have told me when he got recruited that his sophomore year, he'd be a starter. Yeah. On a six seed Villanova team. I'd, I'd be like, like mm, no, excuse me, excuse me? no shot. Yeah. Okay, so then I'm not sure if you you know, but like we have Jalen Brunson on the team, right? Like, it's right, pretty good, right? So then you go in to 2020. Now, obviously, the season got cut short. Yeah, let's just talk about this for a second. We knew at that point he was going to be the starting point guard. Yeah, that much that much was known because sure. it was the reality last year. Jake clearly likes him and he's going to start. But everyone's point was like, you know, oh, we got Bay, we got Jermaine as an X factor. Yeah, we got J Rob. Yeah. Like, like, so, like, all these players, the question and is... Is Wong coming in? Yeah, yeah. Can can Colin step up and actually lead this team and grow? Like, or is he just... Did, we, did he reach his ceiling? Yeah. Like, is he at his ceiling? Like, this Colin is going to be... Yeah, he'll be a starter. He'll always be a nice piece, but he'll never be great. Yeah. It blew that fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, headline is, after 2020, Colin's a fucking killer. Yeah, stud. Like, stripe killer. Stud. Like, he's getting the job done. Makes Absolutely. good decisions, makes good passes, puts it in shooters' po- uh, shooting pockets. Like the stroke is pure, pure stroke. Woo, woo. Yeah, crafty, crafty, much craftier than I thought. Yep, as more athletic than I thought. N- knows how to use his the body, the strength that he has, and gets it done. Yeah, full stop. So, 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 so now walking in, we have a great point guard. Justin Moore looks primed after a. Awesome freshman year campaign. Yo, I, my, to, my to hot take. It. My hot take right now is Justin Moore could be the guy who makes this deep bay jump this year. Uh, I like it, uh, and it's hard to he it's could, hard to disagree. He 
there is if he has the year he could have, he could leave after yeah. this year. Jeremiah Robinson Earl J Rob J R E whatever you want to call him, stud. Yep, was awesome last year. One of the leaders in rebounds in the entire country, and certainly the conference. And now now he's coming in and incredibly smart player. Very smart, very heady player. Yep, took some time to learn the defense. Absolutely, whatever. I think there was frustration in certain times of the season early. Not anymore. Not by the end of the season. I was going to say even expressed by us. Yeah, sure. oh, yeah, we wanted to see more. Right. And I think that I have no. I want to restate that I have no doubt he is going to step up and become the player yeah. that we thought he was potentially going to be last year, and absolutely will be this yeah. year. Now that leaves. I want to talk about this, and we have we'll talk about some of the other guys. But like that leaves Jermaine conspiracy theory Samuels. Oh God, oh, um, so true. Who. <laughs> Who, who who needs to work that out, whatever that is. <laughs> Hashtag no mask. Yeah. I think we've gone over that. I think yeah, we've yeah. That. But, like, whatever. And he is the X factor. And I have a problem saying that. So he clearly got the finalist, which is a good nod. It's a great, it's a great honor. And, like, I really like him. I root very hard for Jermaine Samuels. We but, are, we have rooted for, very hard for Jermaine for a couple years now. Yeah, we have. Big Jermaine. But fans. the problem with my statement that he's an X Factor yeah. is because I called him an X Factor for the last two seasons. Yes, 100%. And there's a point in time, it should have been last year, yep. when he's no longer becomes an X Factor. He becomes a counted piece that will happen every single time he hits the floor. There's no disappearing act. Yep. There's no anything. There's no which Jekyll and Hyde are you getting. No, it's only one version all the time star. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he goes out and scores 30 every game or scores 20 every game or Don't even need scores that. 10. Don't need that. But it doesn't, but he means he makes big plays. He's always involved. You always know he's on the court when he's on the court. He makes a big impact defensively. You can see when that happens. When he's doing that, you know. Yep. There's no missing Jermaine when he's playing the way he should play. Yep. And this year, for him, he needs to do that every single time out. The consistency of execution must be clear. Yep. Totally agree. Okay, so we move on from those four. Which, by the way, any other team, if they had those four, would be like, oh, shit, this is an amazing year. Yeah. And oh, yeah. don't get us wrong. We're saying, shit, this is an amazing year. Like, this is a great team. Yeah. Oh, big time. Big time. We want this but season to happen because, like, we should fucking win a title. Yeah, but guess what? We got a lot of other good pieces, too. <laughs> Yikes. Tell me more. Yeah. Do tell, Chris. Not on the list is is Caleb Daniels of, mm. of potential award winners, but he wins my preseason award for nicest fucking guy on the team. Yes. But also most Shaq fit guy on the team. Yeah. Caleb is strong. Yeah. I mean, you heard it here on the podcast. We interviewed John Shaq, Shackleton, like a year and a half ago, right after Caleb's transfer, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I gotta work him down." Yeah, like like because like he's just a gym rat and he just loves it. Yeah, and you see it on the, you yeah. see it on the Instagram, yeah. you see it in the pics that that Nova MBB puts out. Like, dude is fit. Yeah, dude's and, ready to go. And by the way, we've met we've met him once. Yes, yeah. and the nicest kid. Caleb Daniels is a guy you should root for. Yes, like period. yeah. I want to just be very clear. I don't want to hear. We've talked about this in the past about how we are just never going to criticize certain players. Yeah. Caleb Daniels is never getting criticized on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. He's a really nice guy. We will stand relentlessly and defend him against anyone 
who tries to make a bad comment. Yeah. That said, we'll probably still criticize him at some point. Yeah. But, <laughs> but really nice guy. Yeah. And we're a thousand percent pulling for him. Yeah. And the fact and, that and he's way, coming off the bench. He's, he's good. He's very good. He's very good. Yeah. Like, again, like having him come off the bench for us. Ridiculous. Which uh, there is there is a world in which maybe he does start if Jay wants to go like three small guards. He wants to go small. He could start Caleb. I think it's unlikely though. I think he probably ends up starting. You could only do it if he's a good rebounder and his strength and build allows him to beat guys on the glass that you could put him in like a three roll or something yeah. like that. I, I, he's I think, a, it's, I think he's, it's unlikely. He's he's bigger in stature. I don't know height-wise, but he's yeah. bigger in stature than both Colin and Justin Moore. Yeah, I, I think it's unlikely. I think he's likely coming off like one of the first guys off the bench, Yeah, which awesome to have that ball handling that strength, that scoring capability as one of your first guys off the bench, sign me up. Oh, yeah. Every time. Okay. Now you got Brian Antoine, who it really kind of feels like last year was a redshirt year. It really does. I mean, technically it wasn't, but you have to imagine that's more or less how he treated it. And I have to imagine that in Brian's head, he's thinking, yeah, okay, technically I didn't redshirt, but I don't plan on necessarily being here for a full four years, given that I was a five-star recruit and I've got NBA aspirations for sure. So you have to imagine he's coming in hungry this year and really wants to prove himself. And by the way, this is not a situation like JQ. No. It's just not. It's just not. There's no evidence to suggest that that it's any situation at all like that. It's purely, look, he, he, he got injured. He was slow to pick up. They couldn't do things physically with him early on. Yep. He couldn't work out the way that he needed to work out. Then he got into the rotation later. You can only learn so much in a walkthrough versus practice, like real full-time practice and playing games or whatever. Yeah. Everything that has come out of the program or anybody's mouth that I've talked to has been like Antoine, real deal. And the kid stepped up this year in like in like getting prepared for this next season. And, and you have to think, going back to the point that we made earlier about how just the general construct of the season is going to benefit Villanova. Similarly, I think that same construct is going to benefit Brian Antoine, where in other years, maybe he would have struggled to say like, oh, I've still got to prove myself and I'm coming into these games where, yeah, it's effectively my freshman year. Think about it that way. The fact that he's had this year of practice with the team is going to put him so far ahead of the other teams and the other freshmen that he'll be playing against that I do feel confident that he's going to be able to stand out relative to some of the competition there. Yep, yep. Now that said, it is a fucking deep villain of a bench this year. Oh, yeah. And, and he's got, got he's going to have to fight for time. Oh, yeah, totally. Because like, after, scary. Him, after him, you have Swider. Swider's probably starting. Yeah, who played a lot of minutes last year. Yeah. Slater, who definitely saw an increase in share of minutes last year. Yep. And Eric Dixon is finished with his redshirt year and looks ridiculous. Yeah. Like, big boy. Got a... He got definitely got a year of Shaq fit, which we know, from experience, benefits a lot of people. A year of Shaq fit? Woo! Yeah. The track record is... So strong. And by the way, there was no there was no injury, or there may have been small injuries along the way, but there right. was no major injury. No, no, no. So he got he got Shaq from the he got a year of he, work. He practiced with the team. Yep. Got better. Is got 
more comfortable with college speed. Now, gotta see it in the game. Yep. But we got more totally comfortable different. with totally the college different. speed. And everything that we know about Villanova practices is they play like game. Yep. And hence why they break so many hands. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Dixon is gonna come in and Dixon may be ready to go and he's gonna be hungry coming off his red trigger. You have to imagine, which is like our front court, oh my god, it's absurdly deep. I I'm trying to think of a time we had this deep. I don't know that we've had this deep of front court. The fact that we have J Rob, we didn't literally didn't even mention Dada. Right, right, right. And Eric Dixon, who's gonna be fighting for Tam. So we've got J Rob who plays inside outside, can is comfortable shooting the three. Yeah, his proficiency was like up and down a little last improve. year. It'll, It'll improve. improve. I have to imagine it's gonna improve. And you know he's gonna have the green light this year, right? So he's gonna be inside, he's gonna be outside. You've got Da, who obviously very strong inside, still hasn't shown that outside game, but you know broadly what he's going to bring to the table. And Jay knows that he gets Villanova basketball. He's going to be in there, whether it's situationally or even just playing a broader role. Maybe, who knows? I'm not baking on it. Maybe he's developed a little bit of a jumper. That's a total stretch. We have nothing to base that on. And then, yeah, Dixon. If you think Dixon's going to like, be comfortable sitting there on the sideline and be like, oh yeah, Richard, and like, oh, I'll watch J-Rob and Dada like take the time. Fuck no. No. It's like, J-Rob doesn't recruit those players. And oh, by the way, another guy with a jumper. Oh, Dixon. Yeah, Dixon, absolutely. Yeah. Another guy with a jumper. Dixon could shoot outside, not quite out to the three-point line with regularity in high school. So again, a year of Shaq fit plus a year of likely working on that outside game you have to think he's at least giving you that mid-range game that back in the day like a Dante Cunningham is going to give you which at least allows you to spread the floor a little bit more and allow you to give you some of that consistency that you see with a J-Rob that you don't quite necessarily I see I would not be surprised to see Dixon on the court pulling up from three not all the time but an occasional keep you honest keep you honest absolutely keep you honest type run type the shooting run the offensive like hey we're doing five out or we're doing uh four out one in type thing with like yeah he's the catch one catch a good switch he's wide open yeah i have to imagine he has a bit of a green light on that yeah just because it allows and we've seen this time and time again it allows Jay to run the offense that he wants, and you know he wants the floor spread. Yes. And if he has somebody who can shoot it with a decent clip, he's going to give him the green yeah. light. And given Dixon's track record was on high school, you have to imagine that's going to come into play. Now I want to talk about the three question marks. We've already brought them all up. The three question marks that will really determine, is this a Final Four caliber team? They're like, okay, this team can make the Final Four. Yeah. Or is this a national championship favorite throughout the season? Woo! The difference is it is going to be Swider, Slater, and Demir Cosby Roundtree. 100%. And I will tell you right now, Vegas, the answer in Vegas is that Villanova is the favorite. Yes. That's it. But as the season progresses and actually plays out, because Vegas is pricing in a number of different things, into that, into like that a, bet. Like a season happening. Yeah, like a season happening and like whatever. But they're assuming Villanova of last year is better Villanova, even though you subtract yep. out Bay, yep. is better Villanova. So all the players get better, Yep. right? And obviously some of the better players are better and better, but like, you get my point. Swider played starter minutes often last year. Yep. So Swider needs to be a better defender. Period. He was 
terrible. And he year. needs to be more consistent from the three-point line. Yep. Period. He's supposed to be a shooter. We need him to be a dead-on shooter. Yeah. He needs to be and he's Chris the... Jenkins' 2016 March run. Well, Jesus. I don't know if he needs to be that good. Like, that. That that's very good. Okay, fine. Maybe not that aggressive. He, need, he needs to be, like... Chris Jenkins junior year in general good. Okay. And yeah. a and a competent defender. He needs yes. to be not a minus defender cuz last year he was a minus oh, defender. Oh, absolute. He was a liability. Liability on the defensive end. Jay acknowledged it that he would go out there and teams would target him yes. and take advantage of it. Yes. That cannot be the case. Now Slater, what does Slater do? Is Slater just kind of like an energy guy off the bench or is Slater like a guy who can actually showcase his talents on the floor? Yeah, and I think what we saw last year was that he clearly did not have the green light. There were numerous occasions where he was wide open from three, and it was clear Jay had said, nah, you're not going to shoot. Yeah. And that that's fine, but that breaks the offense. But Slater, yeah, and Slater is an athletic specimen yep. who can absolutely make a big impact with that skill set. He does not need to be amazing. No, he needs not to at be all. when he subs in. He needs to be like shit. The defense is like I gotta worry about this guy now because he's like he can jump over my head. He can have a he can have a put back dunk on like a on like a rimmed out shot. Yeah, like I gotta watch out for this guy. He's attacking the hoop. Like he's all over the place. Hands all over the place on defense. Really long. Yeah. Like how am I gonna get around this guy? How am I gonna? He's gonna cut off passing lanes. Like this yeah. is what he needs to be able to do. Yep. And then you have Dada, and Dada got beat by JRE. Yep. Last year, as the season progressed, yeah, Demir Gazi Roundtree is a very good around the rim. He's got good hands. He's smart around the rim. Yeah, he dunks well. He has a good authoritatively, yes, decisively good dunking instincts. He knows what to do when he gets the ball. Yes, he gets the ball yes. in his hands. We're gonna finish that. The question with him is: Is he going to be able to shoot at all? Yeah, and frankly, it's okay. If the answer is no. He's got to be able to do one or two things. He's got to be either going to shoot the ball and be dangerous from that perspective, or he's got to be able to be a really good passer out of the post. Yeah. If he can do that, if he can draw a defender and make a kick out to yep. an open look, that's big. That was one of the bigger things about Oshefu. Oshefu, Oshefu couldn't really shoot a mid-range no. in 16. But no. Daniel Oshefu was the best passer out of the post in, like, he was in like almost Villanova history. Phenomenal passing ability. Ridiculous passer yes. out of the post. Absolutely. So DCR's got to pick one of those two paths. Yeah. Okay, so that's the kind of like the, the setting the table of the team. Yeah. And and to be clear, like we just highlighted those three. We don't need those three to be absolute killers. We need them to be competent, complementary players. There's enough talent between Colin, Justin, J Rob. And Jermaine, to get this team over the hump into the Final Four and into the championship. But we need Swider and Slater and Dada to play regular, competent, really complimentary minutes. If this team is going to win, though, let me just be clear on this. If this team is going to win a national championship, it will take a game from a Swider, for example, where he goes four for seven from deep. Yeah. And and makes a couple key boards yeah. in a Sweet 16 type game. It's going to happen. Like that 18 team when they won, that 16 team when they won, when someone was off, someone came in. 
don't right. know if you heard about Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, like or, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I heard he plays for the Bucks now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, not sure, not sure. But that's what you. But that's literally what the name of the game is. Yeah, Phil Booth, another example. Now, obviously, the, we're talking about the national championship, but even throughout the run, absolutely, when someone was doing poorly, someone else stepped up, came off the bench. Mikael yes. Bridges in sixteen, forget eighteen, in sixteen had a couple really strong games in the tournament made some couple really critical plays in the tournament that helped turn the tide and help and, and would make or break moment plays that ended up with us winning the championship. Yeah. A great example of that is Mikhail Bridges was a redshirt freshman on that 2016 team. He was on the floor in the critical moments, those critical final moments of the Kansas game, and you'll remember that obviously everyone remembers the scene yep, of him yep. hugging the basketball. Um, on the floor after Arch swat, swatted it out. But again, he was able to be on the court yeah. because he brought something to the table that other players on the team didn't. Even if Mikhail wasn't a clear starter, he got serious totally. minutes, whatever. So is Swider, is Slater, is Dada going to fill one of those roles where we're like, okay, defensive specialist or three-point specialist mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. where he's going to be put in and called on in a given situation to Get this team out of the rut. Make a big stop. Do something. What those guys need to be able to do is to be consistent enough in what they are good at and what they do that Jay Wright says, I need to call on this guy right now. We're down eight yes. in the Sweet 16, and I need threes on the board fast. Swider, check in. Yep, 100%. And I think you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. It's consistency in what they are specialized in. We don't need them to be consistently Sadiq Bey who could do everything. No. You come in, you do things. Mikhail Bridges in 16, he was defense, and he was like a couple nice finishes around the room. In yeah. Kansas game, terrific defensively, and he had like that immaculate layup put back. But like that's it. He wasn't, he wasn't looked at to ignite the offense. Right. Realize what your role is. Come in, contribute consistently. And if you can do that and complement the stars that we have on the rest of the team, this yeah. team is going to go fucking far. Oh yeah. No, this no, full stop. This team's going to win the title. Yeah, that's right. That is that is what the expectation could be. Last year we talked about ah, oh, what's the ceiling? Is it you know is the ceiling in Elite Eight? Oh, if it's Sweet Sixteen. It's it's a good team. No, the ceiling for this year is the title. That's it. The ceiling for this year is the title. Anything less than a Final Four, assuming some regularity of a season, is a disappointment for me. This team has all of the tools to make it to the last weekend and to be in that Final Four. I see no reason to disagree. So, check your expectations at the door in terms of having a season. Yeah. If there is a season, we're not telling you to check your expectations. (laughs) Put some money on this team, baby. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's go. All right, guys. I think we're back. We're back. We will come back. We will look now that we're past all the garbage of the last several months, and and the season is theoretically approaching. um, We will be more frequently with you as we learn more information. Yep. But give us a little bit of patience because. There may not be a consistent schedule where, like, okay, we got to film and record on a Saturday, Sunday, and, and drop it on Sunday night like we normally like to do. This may be a little bit of like, hey, we don't know enough information next week to actually send to do another podcast next week. So all of a sudden, we're waiting until Wednesday or Thursday, yeah, to do another podcast dump. 
and you're just gonna have to bear with us. And we apologize, but but this is just no fuck it. We don't apologize. Yeah, no apologies. Deal with it. Fuck. But actually, in all sincerity, yeah. hit us up. We're trying to do our best here. We'll yeah. give you what we know. We'll give you what we love. Yeah. And we're gonna roll with it. Awesome. Also, next podcast we'll do a little bit of a mailbag. Yeah. We do have questions banked from a Twitter question I asked a couple weeks ago. Bank, bank. Um, and and we're still talking to a number of different people, like in terms of potential interviews and things like that. So so stay tuned. With us, we're back. We are back. It's a full forty. Let's with Chris fucking and go. Part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Novit Insider. Thank you again for listening, and as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.